have been doing this since April 24th last year. We take the, the last uh, Wednesday, fourth Wednesday of the month. Keep your hand up. We take the fourth Wednesday of the month and we dedicate it to leadership training. I'll qualify that in just a minute. And uh, so this is actually the fifth time we've met. It's value four, but it's lesson five. So anyway, throughout the months, we have a lot of things that are going on. And it doesn't always work for the first, for the fourth, uh, fourth Wednesday for that to happen. Usually it does, but sometimes some things supersede, like Christmas time and all that. We had that come up this year. So nonetheless, here we are. Uh, leadership. Uh, we're doing this because all of us come from different backgrounds, uh, different church-bound grounds, different belief systems. <clears throat> and, you know, we fit together like a body. I mean, the Apostle Paul was very clear. First Corinthians 12, Jesus said the head where the, where the individual body uh, parts of Jesus. Is that true? If that's true, uh, you know, every cell of your body has the same DNA in the nucleus. Is that correct? So, so the goal here is that people that attend Victory Church, we, we come from different states. We have over 20 nations represented at Victory Church and, uh, and then lots of different kind of church backgrounds. So my goal here is to get us all with the same spiritual DNA, as it were, so you'll understand how, kind of how we function, how we operate. And so that can be placed within you as well. So this is to help your spiritual DNA. The word leadership... Uh, Really may be a, an unusual word for a lot of people. So, well, I'm not a leader. Well, you know, anybody that is, is born again by default is a leader. I got three people that I say two nodding, two amens. How about the rest? If you're, if you're a disciple of Jesus, by default, you're a leader. Because leadership means influence. And you're to influence others. Jesus said we're salt and light. Is that true? Now, now, on the other side of the equation, the word uh, leadership is only found six times in the King James Bible, uh, really, but, but many times the Bible refers to those that are God's servants. So I like to call it servant leadership. Moses was probably one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and God said to him, my servant Moses. So you get the idea that a leader is to serve others. The first lesson way back in April, we covered that well. I don't have time to do that tonight, but see yourself as a leader. And so we're going over uh, uh, some qualities and characteristics that make us, help us to be servants of others, uh, examples for others. I have mentioned this in any local church. It's a shocking thing. Listen, I've said this before In, in a local church like this, Generally speaking, I don't care how large or small the church is, generally speaking, only one-third of the people really get involved. Isn't that shocking? So one-third of the people do the work. Two-thirds, they just come. They just come to services when it's convenient, don't really get involved, don't really do anything. And a person that doesn't get involved, they may benefit a little bit from hearing and worshiping and meeting a few people in the service. But if you want maximum benefit, you got to give something. Is that true? Make a commitment. So generally speaking, one-third in any local church make the commitment. They're the ones that make things happen uh, in that community. And the impact that church has on the world is those one-third helping the leadership in the church, the servants in the church. And then two-thirds, really, they're just waiting. So, so my heart is, I want to get everybody involved. How many hear me? So, so you're here on Wednesday night. You're probably the cream of the crop. So we appreciate you being here. So uh, we're taking this. Uh, we have 11 values that we're covering. Values that 
help you understand our spiritual DNA here at Victory. So here is value number four. We're going to jump right in tonight. Uh, living by faith. That's a huge value of mine personally. And I would encourage you to make that a value of yours as well. Let me, uh, so we got 37 blanks to fill in. I counted them today. We'll get it done in Jesus' name. So we got plenty to talk about, plenty to share. When I talk about faith, I actually have a series I do on this that I may do this year, but it's, it's usually no less than 10 lessons, 10 times. So I got a lot to compact in just a few 37 blanks tonight. So let's talk a little bit about about living by faith. Now, let me say something about faith. Faith is a personal thing. Now, here's what you get. People misunderstand faith all the time. My faith works for me if I put myself in position, yes or no? I sometimes can get my faith in praying to work for someone else, but sometimes it won't. Because if this person's responsible and abdicates their responsibility and does nothing, then sometimes you can't do it for them. And a lot of people don't understand that. So a lot of people understand, they, they hear the concepts of walking by faith, walking with God, and faith moves mountains, and, you know, faith overcomes, and God answers prayer. Well, why didn't God answer that prayer? I prayed for that person. Well, you don't know that person. You don't know what they're thinking, what they're believing. You don't know what their whole background is. You don't know what the state of their heart is. We can't judge, we can't judge the interior of a person. Is that true? No, no, only person that can do that is the Lord. So, you know, we judge by, by seeing, man, we have unrighteous judgment. God sees our heart. He's the righteous judge. So, you know, I can make my faith work for me, but not always for someone else. So I can always, if I'll, if I'll make, sometimes I have to make adaptations and changes. I can get faith to work for me. You can get faith to work for you. So we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, faith is a tremendous ingredient to add to life. And I, when I started my life, I started my life, I was going to a, a Southern Baptist church. And, and I don't even, you know, I say I met the Lord when I was eight years old. But I backslid real bad, became, got involved in drugs and all that as a teenager. And just got involved in some real nasty living. And, and I wasn't, I'm not proud of that. But, you know, when I really came to Jesus just for my 18th birthday, things really changed. I really began to understand for the first time in my life, really the concept of walking by faith. Walking by faith will put a positive element in your life. How many hear me? And um, it, it, it'll turn a pessimist into an optimist. Instead of seeing the cup half empty, you'll, just, you'll see the possibilities and everything. You'll see the cup half full. So how do you see your life? Are you a pessimist? Are you an optimist? Are you looking at the negatives of every issue of life that comes your way? Or are you eking out the posit- positives in any situation that life you find yourself in in life. A person that walks by faith can find a grain of light in the most negative circumstance. How many hear me? And it makes a lot of difference. So let's get right into this because we got a lot to share. Um, so we got these blanks to fill in. So how about go ahead and fill in the first two. Faith is the key that empowers you to live the abundant life. So he, the faith here is a key. A key unlocks a door, right? A key turns on your car. A key lets you in your house. A key lets you in your office. Keys are important. So faith is a key that really empowers the spiritual realm in our life and enables us to receive from the Lord the verbiage here. Uh, all, and it is the power of God to do good works that he's planned for us to do that Ephesians 2.10 talks about with our life. Without faith, 
we'll find it impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 says, but with faith, the impossible becomes possible. Is that good? One thing you got to know about God, God doesn't respond to need. And that shocks people. When I teach on faith, you got to understand that or you'll just get confused. Why doesn't God help those children that are starving? Why doesn't God help that person that's in that such terrible state? Why doesn't God help these people in this nation, that nation, these people groups, that person, that family? Why? Why? God responds to one thing. And if you'll come on Sunday mornings, I'm talking about the why behind faith and effective praying. But God responds to faith. When I minister, I minister as I'm ministering to the Lord, but I'm ministering to him in faith. How many hear me? So for God to do something in any human life, there has to be an element of faith there. Faith is the key to the impossible. And with faith, impossibilities really do become possible. So faith is a way of looking at life. So let's go on down here. Look at this next blank. Skip the black verbiage. There's some scripture. Faith is the channel that makes God's possibilities and power available to us. Uh, in my teachings on faith, I've, uh, the best way I can describe faith, faith is like a spiritual Wi-Fi system, so to speak, you know. Um, everybody understands Wi-Fi because when you check into a hotel, the first thing you're looking for is Wi-Fi. Is that true? Or anywhere you got, I need the Wi-Fi. Or, or you got your phone, you want to make sure your phone is connected to the Internet because you got to be connected to the world. Well, 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 faith is God's Wi-Fi. And God is available everywhere all over the world. It doesn't come from a satellite. It doesn't come from a cell tower. It comes from His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the passcode for God's Wi-Fi is F-A-I-T-H. That's just the way it works. So anyway, I'm just joking, but you kind of get it, right? So faith is a chance. It's receiving. It's the way you receive from the Lord. Everything that God has is available to us at all times. Yes or no? And again, Ephesians 1, 3. This is not in the notes. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Peter 1, 3 has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, spiritual life and natural life. Through the knowledge of him. Who has called us to his life, to walk with him. So again, um, everything God has is in the atmosphere around us. Just like there, there are sine waves from natural Wi-Fi. They're flying all over the atmosphere here. I actually uh, I have a, um, a shortwave radio that's got all kind of tricky stuff on it. And you'll find out that you can hear people from the other side of the world. Uh, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. So there are waves in the room right now you can't see. That means potentially if they had the right receiver, I could listen to somebody. I could listen to somebody right now from Cuba, from Africa, from Mexico, from South America, from Europe. You know, you just got to have the right receiver. And so God's the same way. Everything that you need, the answer to your prayer, the finances, the financial need being met, the, the healing that you need for your personal life, you know, the direction that you need, overcoming the particular challenge you have in an area of life that's in the atmosphere but it's faith that pulls it towards you how many get that that's that's just sort of in a simplistic way the way it works so it says here faith is the channel that makes God's possibilities and power available to us by faith believers are able to set aside their wants and focus on the needs of others I, I really like that see see if 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 you walk by faith once you know how to believe God 
You can have a boatload of things you're dealing with in life. You may be dealing with financial challenges, physical challenges, circumstantial challenges, all kind of things going on in the job. But if you're a person that's walking by faith, you've brought God into every one of those situations. And you've said, God, I ask you in Jesus' name, work in this, do this, do this, bring healing to me in that. And it gets your eyes off of you so you can focus your energies on others. Isn't that good? That's the way it is in ministry. I've been in ministry since 1981, and ministry forced me to take my focus off of me and put my focus on others. And the only way you can do that is cast your own stuff on the Lord, casting all your care on Him. Faith helps you do that. How many know that? And, and one of the byproducts of that is as we give our lives to the Lord, in fact, I heard Kenneth Hagin, that's one of the schools I went to, was Kenneth Hagin School in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and... Uh, uh, some of you have gone there. Maybe you heard him say this. I heard him say one time, I like to fell out my chair. He said, I hadn't prayed about my personal stuff in years. I said, I almost fell. What? Everybody prayed. <laughs> because he had been walking with God so long that, that, that God just met him. He expected God to meet him. And he cast every issue in his life on the Lord. And, and you know, it, you know it, kind of, it kind of becomes like a snowball that you roll. You ever rolled a snowball? In loose snow, and, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The longer you walk with God, you know, the blessings start coming. How many get it? So there's a lot of reason to stay hooked up with this. So again, uh, believers are able to set aside their wants and focus, fill in the blank on their needs, on the needs of others. When we are able to trust God, let me see. When we are faced with trials, faith gives us the ability to receive strength and to endure. That means to hang in there a long time. Right, fill in the blank, endure. By faith, we also trust God, whatever the circumstances are. And we believe that all things work together for good. Four things we're going to cover real quickly here. Number one, fill in the blank. We'll discover what faith is according to the Bible. We're about to talk about that. We'll learn how faith inspires our lives for the better. Uh, Number three, we'll find out how to live empowered by God through faith. And lastly, Understand the secret timing of faith. Let's get right into it. Uh, number one here, faith is a personal knowing on the inside that allows you to trust God with your life. Uh, years ago, uh, back when I first came to the Lord in the 70s, I heard Oral Roberts say, and he was just talking about God, and, and I was listening to him. I had somebody giving me at the time this dates it cassette tape. Anybody ever heard of cassette tape? So. And, and I heard him say this, you just know that you know that you know that you know. I said, wow, that's different. What do you mean? I just know it. Or, or years ago, I heard a person from a, a Pentecostal church say this, and I was Baptist, I didn't understand. said, I got to witness. Now, what do they mean? He said, I know that I know that I know, Oral Roberts. And then that other person said, I got to witness. What are they saying? I have an expectation. I have a knowing on the inside. Faith is a knowing. Or, you know, for me, the way I quantify faith in my life, faith is a confident expectation. So, so think about any area of your life. You're believing God. There, there's a physical challenge. You have symptoms in your body. What are you doing with that? Are you wondering what's going to happen and hoping things work out? That won't work. Or do you have a confident expectation that according to God's word, he's present tense working in you. 
and ridding you from that malady, right? Or it may be a financial thing. Oh, I hope this works out. Hope the money comes in. Hope the job comes through. Hope the raise comes. Hope the promotion comes. Faith, faith grabs a hold of that, and it's a confident expectation that though, though naturally it doesn't look right, it, you believe that God has already done what he said he would do, and it creates a confident expectation. How many hear what I'm saying? So, you know, for instance, my daddy would tell me, Mitch, on Saturday, we're going to go fishing. And maybe he told me that 10 days earlier. Say, well, I've got some time. We're going to the pond, you know. It's just a few miles from our house. So I got a rod and reel. I got two of them. I'm going to buy to get some crickets and some worms. And we're going to go fishing. So guess what my little boy mine did? Well, you know, I'm in school. I'm doing my work on Monday. But I'm thinking about them crickets and putting them on a hook. And I'm thinking about going to the lake. And I'm thinking about the sunshine and their cows at the lake. And I can't wait to go, go and see the cows looking at us. And, and I can't wait to go and plop my hook and uh, my cork in the water. And I can't wait to see it bob and, and then pull it out. And there's a little brim. And I'm thinking about it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Confidence is building. Saturday, here it is. So faith is that way. If it's not here today, you just know it's yours. So, so at any time, it's there. And that's a confident expectation. How many get it? I get excited about this. I'm sorry, I'll just be excited. Y'all can be if you want to be. So faith is being, fill in the blank, fully persuaded of the truth of our relationship with God as expressed through the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. Really, I could say faith is being fully persuaded of the Word of God. See, faith in God is always faith in His Word. Faith is never nebulous. You can always quantify where you are in faith. So you say, well, pastor, how do I know? How do I know that I'm fully persuaded? Ask yourself this question. What scriptures are you believing? Are you standing on, as we could say, uh, that give you a confident expectation that whatever you need is going to work out? What scripture you get? Faith comes from the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Hebrew, uh, Romans 10, 17. So, 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 so what scripture is deep inside? The stronger the scriptures are inside of me, the greater my faith can be. Yes or no? So I have to ask myself, is there a firm foundation of the Bible? Scriptures from the Bible that I'm specifically standing on. Y'all, this is my 40, I'm into my 44th year in Jesus. And probably, um, yeah, uh, probably 43 of those years. I learned early, 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 if I want my faith to work, find scriptures where God promised to do something to answer prayer, to come through for healing or finances or a circumstance or a situation in life. Find those pertinent, specific scripture and then read them, meditate, that is, let them go over and over in my mind. And, and what happens if you get it in your mind, it'll drop down into your heart. And faith, scripture in my heart can produce a confident expectation. How many get that? So faith is being fully persuaded that what God says about you is true. And, and, you know, really, learning to walk by faith is learning to live apart from feelings and circumstances. Now, as a completely feeling-oriented person, when I first came to the Lord, I was like a yo-yo up one day, down the next. And, uh, and I completely went by my feelings. If I felt bad when I got up one day, it's going to be a bad day, you know. And um, 
And then there's the circumstances turned, turned south and it's going to be a horrible day. And I learned that, and here's what I found out, you can navigate through life by faith. Even if you don't feel good, you can smile. And even if nothing's working right on the job or at home or with your friends or in the circumstances you find out yourself in, nothing's going as you've planned it, you can still put a smile on your face because this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. Just Scripture. Scripture rules your life instead of circumstances. How many have found that to be true in your life? So some of us are new at this. And, you know, if you're new at this, it's a challenge to divorce yourself, so to speak, from what you feel and what you see and navigate by what God says. You know, pilots have to become instrument ready. you got two kinds of pilots. you got a visual pilot flying an airplane. Or it's a really sad thing with Kobe. You know, this weekend, his pilot was, was uh, instrument rated, but he obviously could also fly the helicopter with just visual, just by sight. Uh, well, to, to, be a person, to be a person that is uh, instrument rated to fly an aircraft, they put you, quote, under a hood. And you can't, see, oh, you can't see the windows. All you can see is your instruments. And your instruments are like the word. And your, your body's telling you you're going down when really you're going straight. And your body's telling you you're leaning when really, really, if you look at your instruments, you're flying straight according to the horizon. So, so they put them under a hood and they teach them to defy what they're, what they're feeling and what their senses are telling them and, and just look at their instruments. And how many know we need to learn to be an instrument-rated believer, right? And that takes practice. And it's not easy. And when you start out, you say, well, is this really working? Is, is God? And you'll have these thoughts. Is God really coming through? Is, is this really going to work this time? And you'll find out. And I can tell you, I, I can tell you by experience, if you'll stick with it, God will come through for you. Faith is being fully persuaded. Number B here, faith is a substance and a conviction. Now, this is interesting. This comes from Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is... Uh, the substance of things hoped for, uh, the conviction of things not seen. So let's go down to the next blank here. Faith is so real that it's actually caused, called substance. And the Greek word there for substance, it lit, I've got it in the margin. I've got it in the margin of this Bible right here. The Greek word for substance means a foundation, or literally, the Greek says, a standing un- under. If you ever, you ever been to the beach, we rent a beach house every year for all my whole, I got four kids and they all get together and we get a house together and the houses we rent are usually on stilts. And you, you know, you got those poles underneath the house in case a flood comes, it won't flood the house. So, so the pillars under the house, they're holding the house up. Those pillars are the substance, the standing under that which supports the house. So what he says here, faith is the substance. It's the substance of what you hope for. Faith gives, faith gives reality to what you can't see. It's the, it's the reason that you can be excited when things don't look right. And, and it looks like you're going to lose your good job. And looks like the ends aren't meeting this month. And when it feels like, you know, 
the healing's not there. When, it, when things just generally look depressive and gloomy, you can smile because faith is a standing other. It proves to you that you have, even though you can't feel it, what God said. You're like the pilot flying in a storm. He's instrument rated. He's not going by what he sees. He's not going by what his senses tell him. He's looking at those instruments. And as long as we look at the instrument, we're going to make it, right? So faith is a substance. The Greek word literally means here, finish this thing here, uh, that which stands under something or provides the basis for something else. It's the foundation on which you stand and on which you build your life. Number D, faith is also a conviction. So fill in the blank. Or evidence of things not seen. New Century Version. Uh, New Century Version uh, is, is a great translation. And um, let me get to uh, New Century on my iPad, which just really strangely seems stuck. Uh, I actually have it in my head. Faith means being sure. This is New Century Version. Faith means being sure of what we hope for. Do you get that? Now, if you hope for something, you know what you're thinking? Well, I wonder if it's going to happen. No, faith says, I'm sure. I want that to happen, but I'm sure it's working out, right? So faith means being sure of the things we hope for. And then the latter part of that is so good, New Century. Faith means knowing that something is real, even if you don't see it. So, so for instance, you're walking down the beach. I've had this happen. You're walking down the beach. You know, I get up early, and the sun's not quite up. And, you know, you're trekking through the beach, you know, right at the edge of the water. you got the foam and all that. And, and, but you're walking, and the sun's starting to come up. And, and you look down, and, and you see these big old prints. Uh, it looks like a big dog's ahead of you. And then there's a big person because they got a big foot like mine, size 13. And they're just walking, you know, and, and you can see the evidence. Say, so, well, what's ahead of me? There's a person walking the dog. And, and then as you keep walking, maybe you turn into a jog and you go a little bit faster. And then you look in the distance and you see the person that you saw the evidence of their existence. Yes? Faith is the conviction. Faith is the evidence of what you can't see. Faith means being sure that what God's promised you is already yours, even if you can't see it. You see the contrail in the sky, and you've got a jet that's flown over, maybe from Fort Bragg, one of those big fighter guys, and, uh, or maybe from the coast of North Carolina, and you see a big jet that's flown over, left a white contrail. What does the contrail tell you? Somewhere there's a jet, and he's going really fast, and he's uh, and he's he's, those exhaust gases are turning white. So it tells you it's up there, and my faith tells me, even though I can't feel the healing or I don't have the money in my checking account, God promised He will do it, and I have a confident expectation that it's mine. So you can wake up every day just just saying, "Thank God, thank you, Lord." How many hear what I'm saying? Y'all, it works that way. I've had, I have hundreds and hundreds of examples of this since the flu's going around. Let me give you a flu story from March of 1985. And I've got to watch the time. I've got to, we'll get through this. Um, March of 1985, I was a counseling director at a large church in Oklahoma. And uh, I told you all this story before, but it fits well concerning, considering it, people are battling the flu these days. That's 
probably why I got fewer people here tonight. Nonetheless, uh, I woke up that morning. It was a Wednesday morning, and symptoms were raging. I had chills. I was cold and hot. I couldn't get enough covers on the bed. I was weak, and that's what, you know, of course, uh, fever will do. And I was, uh, my, I was congested. And uh, so I called my secretary and uh, said, well, probably not wise for me to come in today. Cancel that. And I, I had appointments from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 that evening, except for lunch. And so she canceled all my appointments. And, um, and then I got up. I had been listening to Scripture. If you're having a faith battle, how many know, listen to the Word. Put the Word in you. I usually, before I go to bed, I read. And for years and years, I had a recorder, a tape player or something, a CD player. Now MP3. Now you can find everything on YouTube. You know, got it playing, listening right beside my bed. And so I had been listening to the word on healing. I got up, I'd called my secretary. And then, then I had just, Susan was gone. I have the kid we had, uh, at the time we had one child. And I was walking back and forth in my bedroom. And uh, in fact, I was laying in the bed, listening to the tape. And the Lord said, Mitch, do you believe you're healed? I said, well, I asked you to heal me, yes. He said, then you need to act like you are. I said, well, well, I'm tired and weak, and, and I'm too cold. He said, heal people, praise. And I got up out of the bed. I was shivering, had a fever, sweating and shivering and all that. And I started walking back and forth, no kidding, with my hands raised up, and saying, Father, you said in your word, Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses, and with his stripes I am healed. Matthew eight seventeen. In Isaiah 53, I quoted some scripture there, 3, 4, 5. Quoted there. Lord, I want to thank you for healing my physical body. Healing is in the atonement of Christ. I knew that. I'd been listening. Lord, thank you. I've asked you to heal me from the flu. And Lord, I just want to. And I did it about 10 minutes walking back and forth. 10 minutes. Thank you for healing me in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Because faith, faith takes the place of what you don't have until it shows up. And you have to act like you got it. And you got to talk like you got it. So I just kept walking back and forth and y'all about 10 minutes into it I'm not it astounded me really shocked me the fever broke Boom. And, and all of the all of the tiredness left and I'm not kidding I had never had that happen in my life all the congestion just dried up and I was suddenly completely it manifested but it didn't manifest with me laying in the bed going I don't feel good I feel bad I'm sick you know I, I just out of wisdom I called my secretary and I say, cancel. But you know, God said, act on what you believe. When I acted, he did what he said he would do. And that's what you got to do. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable. Faith looks at the impossibility and looks past it to the promise of God. Yes or no? And uh, so anyway, God healed me that day. It was really, really amazing. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. Turn the page here. Uh, there's a difference here, uh, shown here, between the visible and the invisible world. Your senses relate uh, to that which is seen, but faith takes you behind the visible to the invisible. That's where faith works. See, take, I like to say it for me, I say it this way. When I'm, when I'm walking by faith, if I've asked God for finances, I've asked God, you know, we're in the middle of, of believing, I receive our building, we're building a new building for our children, and uh, it's taken, it's, this is the 19th month, we're waiting on the, we're, you know, we're waiting on the site plan building, the site uh, confirmation in the building 
stuff to come through so we can do it. So, uh, you know, my faith is saying, I believe it's done. So I wake up every morning. Today's the day. Today's the day. If it don't manifest today, tomorrow's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day. And how many know that's how faith works? Faith takes the place of what you don't have until it manifests, until it shows up. Huh? So if I'm believing God for $100 to pay a bill, for instance, or $10,000 to pay for something, I stand my ground. If I've asked him in Jesus' name, and I have scripture that support my faith, then I may not have the money in the bank account, but I can say, and you don't go write a rubber check either, right? I say, Father, I believe I receive the finances you promised. And every day when it comes to my mind, instead of saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. Oh, my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to love, I'm going to. No, I say, Father, thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Faith creates a confident expectation. How many get it? Same way for healing. I got bunches of examples, but I got to move on. So faith uh, and sight are opposed to one another. Number F here, if you walk only by sight, you do not move forward regardless of what you see. How many, I'm, what did I just say? I got that backwards. Contrary to our natural way of thinking, if you walk by faith, you can move forward regardless of what you see. How many know that's true? So you can expect that God will do what he said he would do and that he's already done it. The same Greek word translated as conviction in Hebrews 11.1 1, is also translated Title deed. Now, that's true in some ancient manuscripts. In fact, in the Amplified Bible, which literally does what it says, it amplifies the Scriptures. In the Amplified Bible of Hebrews 11.1, 1, that's exactly what it says. Now, faith is the assurance, in parenthesis, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. So, for instance, uh, my wife and I found out her, her, one of her aunts had uh, willed us a parcel of land in my hometown in Florence, and it was attached to a 137-acre farm, and we owned a percentage of the land. And, when we, and we had a document that was, that was signed and at the courthouse, and we, got it, we had the document in possession that said, so-and-so has willed and had our names on it, such-and-such, a percentage of a parcel of land. And when the landowners found out, they said, you don't have that. We said, yes, we do. They didn't like it. And, uh, and we said, well, I'm sorry you don't like it, but legally speaking, that's ours. We had a title deed. Well, guess what? The land sold. Guess what? We got the finances. Guess what? God is good. So when I, think about, when I think about title deed, see, faith is like a title deed. It looks like it ain't yours. Other people can say, well, you, you're not healed. You're still, you're still limping. You're still walking weird, blah, blah, blah. You're still doing this. You're still taking, say, oh, according to God's word. See, God's word is my title deed. Yes or no? Y'all, it works. And I could talk till midnight till you go to sleep about it. And it's that true. Uh, let's go here. H, doubt is like a wall between your faith and your belief. The more you doubt, the higher the wall and the more energy it takes for you to believe. Um, so I'm going to talk about doubt. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'll just go and just fill in the word doubt. And down later, we'll talk about 
what that really means. Doubt is like acid applied to a bridge support. The more it's applied, the longer it's on support, the more likely your bridge of belief will collapse. Faith is like a cleansing flood that washes away the corrosive effects of doubt. We'll come back to doubt, talk about it in just a second here. Number two, acceptance by faith of who you have become will inspire life-giving changes to your life. How many heard what I just said? Let me read it again. Acceptance by faith of who you've become in Christ will inspire life-giving changes. How many hear me? So if you've not felt good about who you are, well, nothing ever works out for me. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. God don't love me. You know, nothing right is in my life. Everything's bad. Nothing, nothing's right. Uh, Nobody's ever cared about me. Nothing is ever. Shut up. When you learn to walk by faith and you find out what God says about you. I mean, really, when I came to the Lord when I was almost 18, that was me. I mean, I whined and belly ached about everything in life. I was a pessimist. I was not an opt- optimist. You know, I was the apple with the worm in the core. You bought those uh, organic apples in the, in the grocery store. I've, I've bit them before, and I always cut them with a knife. Click. Uh, because they may have, I've gotten worms inside. I was the apple with the black core, with the worm, and I always felt that way until I found out, according to the word, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things are become new. I'm not the person I used to be before. I'm not that person that took drugs, that lied, that stole things, that cursed worse than a sailor, so to speak. I'm that, uh, no, I'm not that person anymore. I'm a brand new person. All the old is gone. A new person has come in its place. And the devil would tell me, you're not really changed because you slipped up and said such and said, shut up. I repented of that. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. How many hear me? And then enemy will tell you, well, you remember what you used to do? Remember what you did yesterday and the day before? Then I found out that God made Jesus to be my sin so I could be the righteousness of God in him. Righteousness means I can stand before God just as though I had never done anything wrong. I'm righteous, not because of me, not because of my works, because of what Jesus did. And I learned to say out loud, Father, I'm not moved by what I'm feeling. I messed up, I sinned. The enemies reminded me, and here's a person that talked to me about something we did in our drug days that I met. And this is when I was young. And I said, you know what? That person no longer exists. I'm a new creature, and you act towards me just like I never did it. I'm righteous in your sight. There is no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. How many know that's a good way to live? So it works in every single area of your life. You're a new creature. You're loved. You're accepted. I never felt like I was loved and I was cared for. And I found out that God loved me just as much as he loved his own son, Jesus. And he loves you that much too. Yes or no? Found out Ephesians 1, 4, I'm accepted by God. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm a person, most of my childhood, I felt rejected by everybody, sometimes even my parents, but I've been accepted by God, my Father, because of what Jesus did for me. Is that good news? So acceptance by faith of who you've become will inspire life-giving changes. It's an amazing transformation. Number three, faith can help you live empowered by God. So 
you know, now, you know, when you understand the principles of faith, here's how it works. You look at everything that comes down the path of life as an opportunity to trust God. Here's just another opportunity to, to prove that God's word works. I mean, Satan attacks your body. Sickness come and illness come. You got an ache. You got a pain. Financial challenges come. Circumstantial challenges come. You know, things aren't lining up right. You know, that's just another opportunity for God to prove that his word is true. Yes or no? That's what happens. Faith helps you live empowered. So if you live by faith, you don't care what happens. Somebody says, well, blah, blah, blah. They say, well, this happened, that happened. Say, okay. Uh, Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And you don't say anything to them. You go your way and say, Father, you hear what they said? Work this out and work a miracle in Jesus' name. Faith helps you live an empowered life. You see the cat cup cup. Half full. You see the possibility instead of the problem. How many hear what I'm saying? It's an amazing, amazing way to live in every area of life. Physically, relationally, financially, circumstantially. Faith can help you overcome the challenge. Here's a scripture. You've heard it from me a boatload of times. Jesus said to his disciples um, in the gospel of Mark, Mark 11, there are seven elements of God's empowerment in life. And here it is, Mark eleven twenty two through 25. This is New Living Translation in the bolded uh, type there. Then Jesus uh, italicized to. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I assure that you that you can say to this mountain, may God lift you up and throw you into the sea and your command will be obeyed. And that's requi- all that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Listen to me. You can pray for anything, and if you believe, you will have it. But when you're praying, first forgive. Do y'all have to fill in all those blanks? Are they filled in up here behind me? Okay, good. Fill them in. (laughs) But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. Have y'all got all that? Okay, good. That's, I, I wasn't sure. Mine is. I wasn't sure. So here's seven things real quickly. Number one there, he said, have faith in God. Make God the source of your faith. How do you make God the source of your faith? By making the Word the source of your faith. God has tied himself up with the Word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is the living Word. So when I'm trusting the Word, I'm trusting God. Because God, God is the God of the Word, right? When I'm trusting the Word, I'm trusting Jesus. Is that true? It just works that way. Having faith in God is making God the source of your faith. His Word the source of your faith. Number two, you can say and your command will be obeyed. You must speak to your mountain. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, and that's, uh, you know, whatever problem you have, be removed, be cast into the sea. Knee ache, be gone in Jesus' name. Back ache, be healed. Headache, be healed. Heart problem, be made whole. Lung problem, be healed. Ear problem, whatever. Got it? Or, or financial challenge, <laughs> Father, I believe I receive the best that you have. Work it out. Work a miracle. You're saying to the mountain. You've got to speak to it. How many know faith and words go hand in hand? There is no faith without words. I have lots of examples, but little time. Number three, this mountain, lift up, uh, lift you up and throw you into the sea. You'll be able to, to be specific 
in your request. My encouragement, walking by faith, get as specific as you can be. If you need healing for your body, I had, I can't say this, tendonitis. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. And uh, I played tennis and all that, man. I had an inflamed elbow. And I mean, y'all, it took months. But I stood my ground, believe I received. Eventually, it all just went away. But I had to speak to it. I commanded it to go. Had to stand my ground. And God honored us as a word. You got to be specific. Believe and do not doubt, Jesus said, and will not doubt. Give no place for doubt in your heart, number four. The word for doubt there, here's what it, I've got it in the, here's a wide margin Bible that I have used for many, many years. I usually use my iPad now, but in, in the margin of my wide margin Bible, I got from a Greek expositor, the word doubt. Here's the best, uh, 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 this is the best information I have about the word doubt. He says the word doubt means definition to repeatedly spread out in order. That's what the Greek word for doubt means. Implying the process of arranging and rearranging of materials as one wavers back and forth over varying possibilities. So here's what happens when you believe in God. You've asked God to heal your body of X, Y, Z, and I mean the symptoms get worse. And then here's what happens. Doubt comes. That is... uh, You hear these thoughts in your mind. Well, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. And and you keep thinking, well, what if this happens? What if that? What about that? What if this? The doctor said, this person said, it looks like, and you keep wavering back and forth. That's doubt. Let me say something about doubt. You can have doubt in your head. The greatest faith challenges I've ever had, and I could talk to you for an hour about a bunch of them. I've had doubt in my head with faith in my heart. That is, I had a confident expectation. I don't know how, but I know. I believe this has worked out. But my mind said, it ain't going to work. You're crazy. You're a fool. Everybody's going to be laughing at you. And I just said, shut up. I believe. I receive. Faith speaks. How many hear me? So you can have doubt in your head with faith in your heart. A lot of people think if you just have a doubt come through, well, that negated my faith. Not unless you say it, right? Not unless you talk about it. Don't, don't express your doubt. Somebody said, feed your faith and starve your doubts. When doubts come, I just ignore them. Now, I hear them, but I don't have to say them. I don't have to act on them, right? And I want to encourage you to be that way. You can pray for anything. Put no limitations. On God's ability to answer your request. Is that good? If you believe, is number six. Believe that you receive now. That's what Jesus said. Uh, if you believe you receive, you will have it. That's what he said, right? Believe that you receive now and you will have it. And that's the key to faith. Whatever you desire when you pray, Mark eleven twenty four. Believe that you receive the moment that you pray and you will have. Now, that's the challenge of faith. That is the biggest challenge with respect to faith that you and I will ever have is is to, to believe that right now I present tense have what God promised. Even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it, I'm the instrument rated pilot. I'm only looking at my instrument panel which is the Word of God. That's the biggest challenge. And you just got to keep saying what you believe, even if it looks like it's not working. 
How many hear me? And then number seven, first forgive. Guard against unforgiveness. I don't even have time to go there. Here's some additional things to fill in. Find the will of God. Additional faith-filled actions. Find the will of God. And then pray it for your life. How do you know God's will? God's will is his word. Paul prayed for the Colossian believers that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. How can you be filled with the knowledge of his will? By knowing what the Bible says about the various areas of life. Um, And we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. Fill in the blank. And if we know he's listening when we make our requests, we can be sure he will give us what we ask for. Number two, believe in your heart. I just mentioned that. I love Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by confessing with your mouth that you're saved. So see, the heart and the mouth go hand in hand. I can tell what faith I have by what I'm saying. So, so ask yourself. You can say, well, pastor, how do I know if I'm really trusting God and living by faith for my physical body or for my finances or for my job or for the circumstances I'm in? How can I tell where my faith is? What are you saying about it? If you're saying nothing, you're not believing anything. Right? A lot of people that just let life happen, well, something will, I think it's going to work out okay. Well, say what you believe. If you've asked God for, to, to allow it to work out, let it work out, then say, Father, I believe this is working out for me. Don't say nothing, say something. I've got lots of illustrations. In fact, in 2005, I sold a car. I bought another vehicle in October and kept the one I had, but I needed to sell it. And it didn't sell for like nine months. And it didn't sell because I was aggravated for having to sell it myself because I went and bought another car and they wouldn't give me what I wanted for my car. So I said, well, I ain't going to sell it to you. It's a car lot. I'll sell it myself. Well, I prayed and asked God that it would sell. Then then forgot about it, said nothing. And I got no bite on that car until like nine months later. And I was reading one day and saw that faith has to have corresponding actions. Faith has to have words. You can't say nothing and think you're believing God because you're not. Faith comes out of your mouth. If you're believing for healing, say it. I believe I received my healing. Father, thank you for healing me, even though you're limping along. Even though you're coughing. Even though it doesn't look like it's working, right? Say, I believe the finances. I believe I received the finances. Even though it looks, I believe I received the job. Even though it looks like it's not working. That's faith. How many understand? You got to say it. Everybody say, you got to say it. And that's number three. Keep a good confession regarding your faith. Again, if you're not saying anything, you're not believing anything. Number four, prepare for the answer to your prayers. I mean, if you're, you're married, you believe in God to have a baby, go, go dress your nursery up. Right? Paint the walls, get your crib. Go buy some, you know, what, go buy some diapers. Lord, I believe. Right? And do that in any area of life. Expect and, and do as much as you can to believe. Sometimes the only thing you can do is say, Father, I believe, I receive, and I want to thank you. Here's what I do. When I believe in God for something, I just let him know, Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. When my daddy said, we're going fishing, I said, Daddy, thank you for taking me fishing. We ain't going fishing yet. 
But I saw myself every day fishing. Daddy, thank you for taking me. I can't. Man, this is awesome. I'm going fishing. So when you've asked for something, just say, thank you. You my daddy. You know my daddy when Saturday came? He wouldn't think about not taking me fishing because I've been talking to him about it every day. Right? And if you're talking to God, say, Father, thank you for, thank you for, thank you so much for healing me. How can he not do that? You get it? Anyway, that's exciting, right? Now, number five, know that through your faith, you can open your life up to God's blessings. God's given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Number six, find another believer who will stand with you in agreement in prayer. It's really important, you know, if you can find somebody that won't waver and will believe with you. I've got a few people in life that I've gone to and said, you know what? I believe in God, but I need somebody to kind of grab a hold of faith, grab a hold with me. You ever tried to lift something and you just couldn't do it very well by yourself? You might hurt yourself. But if you got another person with some muscles, would you help me? Makes it easy. Face the same way. You got a spiritual battle. Let somebody else help you. That will believe. Not somebody's going to say, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Don't even talk to them. Find somebody that will believe with you. And that will stand. And when they think about you, they'll say your name before God. And say, you know, we agreed in prayer. Lord, I'm agreeing with so-and-so. Many of you have come to me and said, Pastor, agree with me. I do. And you know what I do when I get by myself? I say, Father, so-and-so, we grabbed hands. I want you to know I agree with him. I believe with him that we receive. Thank you for moving in their life. I believe. How many hear me? You need somebody like that. Number seven, be persistent in prayer. Never giving up. Uh, Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. The secret timing of faith, I'm going to let you read that on your way. The secret timing of faith is that faith is right now. Here's the number one problem I see with people that are praying, trusting God to do something. I hear them say it all the time. Well, I believe God's going to. When they say that, I know they don't get it. They're in hope. And not for hope is always future. Faith takes what you hope for and brings it into the present. It's just like the, the instrument rated pilot, even though you can't see it, you believe it's yours. And you talk like it's yours until it shows up. How many get that?